You are listening to Damascus Crossroads. From Central Kentucky, welcome to Damascus Crossroads, a podcast for those who are seeking healing from addiction. Your host, Tim Altman, will be having real conversations about how the power of Jesus Christ can break the chains of addiction and deliver anyone from this bondage. If you are at the crossroads of your life between continuing a life of affliction from addiction or living a life of freedom, you've come to the right place. May today's message be your Damascus moment and open your eyes to renewal. Hey everybody, this is your um, host Tim Altman. This is your Damascus Crossroads podcast. Uh, first of all, I want to start out with thanking everybody who um, who prayed for my mom's. She's doing good. Um, some young doctor came in there and she's older, so a lot of them are a little scared to do the uh, surgeries or the procedures. But he it didn't seem to bother him none. Uh, he knocked them all out, got all got most of the blockage, and um, so now I just pray that she takes her medicine and uh, she's got a little rehab to do, but. Uh, just pray for her there, and uh, everything um, everything works out. Um, you know, like I said, I thank everybody for the prayer. I thank everybody that gave her a call, my brothers, my son. Um, people sent her flowers. Um, just give them a big thank you for doing that. And I'm going to thank my wife, too. Um, she's just been really, really awesome. Um, she helps out a whole lot. Um, like She had to get her Medicare, plan B. We didn't have a clue, and she just jumps in there and gets it done. Because my mom has to get some different medicines now. Um, another thing, you know, uh, that I want to mention is is Ethan Hallmark's story I did. Uh, his mother, Rachel. Um, well, I'll start out. My my brother sent the podcast to um, to Matt, and then I guess Rachel heard it. I guess kind of how it worked out, and uh, she was very touched by it. Um, but I and she said it did her son honor. Um, but you know. Ethan did himself honor. Uh, God bless him. It's so easy, like, when we're up on the top of the mountain to praise the Lord. I see a lot of these athletes and super athletes, they come in, in pro football. Like, like two-thirds of the quarterbacks in the NFL are confessing Christians. Um, it's easy to be a Christian then when you're up on top of uh, – but when, when you're down in the valley and you're down at your lowest point and you can look up and, and you can do what Ethan did and, and say, praise Jesus, I love Jesus, um – man that's when it's it's tough and um i just like my hat's off to him um and you know um i was a little worried about that story um i wanted to send it to my brother first and um have him give it to matt first and have him look it over but at the same time i know my brother's so busy a lot of times you know he he just like he works 80 hours a week and i didn't know i didn't know how long it's going to take and the holy spirit was just saying man get that story out there um, you know, that's the kind of stories we need to retell. We need to retell stories about Ethan and, um, and about, you know, the disciples. And of course, you know, that's why the Bible's here. That's why we celebrate Christmas every year to, and Easter to remember Jesus Christ. Um, that's the kind of stories we need to tell. That's the kind of stories we need to repeat. Uh, the, you know, I hear so many stories about, like when I grew up and all the preachers were drunks and beat their wives and, uh, they were the, all the bars they went to and fights and killing people and you know and then they got found Jesus and um, 
I guess, you know, I guess in a way that story is a way of telling people, hey, look what God done for me. Look what Jesus did for me. So I, I guess in a way I can kind of see it, but, you know, we got to kind of move on from there. And um, the stories that really count are the stories like Ethan's, you know, uh, that's the kind of stories out there that, that, that count a whole lot um, that really make a difference in somebody's life. Uh, telling old war stories I don't think is going to help anybody other than it shows that what where we came from, you know, what Jesus did for us. We got to give give the Lord glory um, Jesus for I mean, all them bad things, like you saying you can't change, the Lord can't forgive you, you know, and you hear somebody's story, and then you hear them walking with Jesus. Um, but one thing, when we, we tell that story, everybody, we, 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 decide, um, we decide that we're going to take a walk. We're walking down this. We're at a, we're at a crossroads, and we decide we're going to hang a left and ha hang a right, I mean, and hang out with Jesus, and we're going down that road. We can't go back. We got to stand strong. We got to keep going forward. We, we can't look back. We, we got to look to the future. And um, if y'all hear some in the background, that's my Boston Terrier. Um, I kind of like her. She runs around and um, barks a little bit and has some exercise, plays with her toys while we do this. And it's better than putting her in a you know, cage or something. Let's kind of let her have some fun. Uh, but anyways, um, I want to start out today by um, reading some Bible verses here. And um, uh, I'm going to start out with um, Matthew uh, chapter 27, verse 38 and through 44. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And they that passed by reveled them, wagging their heads. So I guess the people like, um, you know, they had to mock them. That was part of the uh, crucifixion. Part of the punishment was getting um, scorned at by the crowd, you know, as you're sitting there suffering uh, and saying, Thou, and then they were mocking Jesus, too, at the same time, and saying, Thou hast destroyed the temple and buildest it in three days. Save thyself, if thou be the Son of, son of God, come down from the cross. So they were mocking Jesus and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, then come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him, and the scribes and elders said, they said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of the Israel and the Jews, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe. We will believe then. Um, yeah, right. You know, really. Um, it's like Jesus said, "You, you, you follow me for signs and miracles, um, and you know, you won't believe me for my word and what I taught you and how to live." You know, so um, he trusted in. Uh, the the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in their teeth. So I guess the thieves, I guess the one thief for sure was also saying the same thing. If you're the king of the Jews, um, come down, get us down from here. Um, so um, I'm going to go on here a little bit more. And um, and one of the mal malefactors, which was, was hanged, rallied on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Now, obviously, you can see this 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 crumb this, this person up here is is more worried. He's he's not worried about the afterworld. He's he's worried about right here and now, uh, the pleasures of this life. He wants the pleasure of getting down from that cross because he's in so much pain and he's suffering. He knows he's getting ready to die. Okay, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, "Does thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed, justly." For we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man had done nothing wrong. 
okay, now here's this other other guy, other other thief up here. Now he's not worried about this here and now life. Um, he's kind of faced reality, you know. Life's gonna be tough for him from here on out. He's probably not gonna live another four or five hours. Um, and he's not worried about coming down off the cross. And you know what he does? This man does a, takes, a, takes a stand. This is what means so much to me. He does what we need to do. He took a stand for Jesus. Um, he, you know, really, if he's in his right mind, like, like you know, I would have been 10 years ago or, or a few years ago. I just said, you know, listen to him. Get us down from here if you be the king of Jews. You know, begging him. And that's funny. These two thieves must, must have known something. Uh, they must have known of him. They must have heard of his miracles or maybe even seen him. Because they're like, they're like serious. They're like, man, get me down from here. You're the king of the Jews. Come on. And this other guy's like, man, this guy's perfect. Ain't nobody seen him do nothing wrong. And leave him alone. Um, so I'll go on here. So I'm at um, verse 41. And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, truly unto thee, Unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now, I want y'all to think about this. He didn't say a week from now. He didn't say tomorrow. He said, today you shall be with me in paradise. Now, let's think about this. He he took a stand for Jesus. He he also admitted, he, he pled guilty to his sins. He said, I'm guilty. This man is not guilty. We get what we deserve. He's he's getting something that he did not deserve. Um, and then, you know, he asked the Lord, you know, can I come into your life? That's what we do. When we come into heaven or we in this earth, when we accept Jesus, we come into his life. He comes into our life and we become we become a part of the kingdom. Um, and today you should be. Now, this is the funny thing about this, this, this thief on the cross. This was a deathbed confession confession. Um. The first one and the only one in the Bible that I've ever heard about. Um, I mean, he's on his deathbed. He knows. Um, and, I mean, he's got hours left to live, you know. And this is a deathbed confession for him. And this is how how much mercy the Lord's got. This guy's never, he probably never done much good in his whole life. He was a thief. Probably, it says at least a thief he was. Um uh, who knows what else he did. Um, and the other guy, same thing. Um, but they were, you know, honestly, if you really want to think, you know, on my podcast cover, you'll see the, you'll see the, my picture and then it's got three crosses and, and a road making a split. These guys were actually at a crossroads in their lives. Um, one of them, one of them chose to, to look at worldly things in the here and now, what can I get right now out of Jesus? Um, you know, he wanted to get down from that cross. He was on repenting. He didn't say, Lord, I'm a, I did wrong if you just get me down off this cross. He, no, he, he wasn't. He was too proud. He said that he mocked God. He said, get me down from here if thou be the king of the Jews. Um, still full of pride. Um, you know, heading down the destruction. Still, I mean, heading down a bad road. And the other one, he wasn't worried about getting down from that cross. He said, you know, I got this coming, you know, Lord, I know I got this coming. Please forgive me, Lord. And um, he took a stand for Jesus. But what I want to concentrate on this part of the video is, is, is if you're at that crossroad, like there, like 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 they were, which way are you gonna go? You gonna worry about th this life in this world? Um, you're not gonna repent. 
You're going to demand the God that all this is God's fault. He needs to get you down or get you out of this situation. Or you're going to be like the other, the other, um, the other thief. Um, you can be the one that takes a stand for Jesus, the one that repents, the one that admits that he deserves what he had come, what they got coming to him, and, and asks Jesus into his, into his life, and and he also asks Jesus if he could come into his life, you know, in the kingdom. And um, it's kind of you know Jesus walks into heaven, and the first person behind him is this, you know, everybody's probably you know looking, is it going to be Abraham? Is it going to be this person? Some other famous um, preacher disciple? And here it is, it's the uh, it's a thief on the cross who got saved in the last minute of his life. Um, you know, that's what is that's why Jesus is so great and merciful. Um, this means a lot to me. Um, and that kind of it ties it back to the Ethan story. He didn't deserve it. And, um, you know, we do deserve what bad happened to us. And we didn't have anything as bad as that happened to us. So I guess the question is, are, are we going to we going to be proud and, and just not honor um, you know, honor, you know, Ethan wishes us to, you know, you know, ask for forgiveness and, and, and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, so, so are we going to honor Ethan by, by taking his recommendation and, and doing what he asked, or are we going to be like that old stubborn thief on the other side? Just think, just think what happened to him. He sat up there and suffered and died. Nothing, nothing changed by his arrogance and his pridefulness. He ended up dying the same, and, and now he's in internal hell. I mean, he's burning every day of his life, and he's suffering. It's going to go on forever and ever. And um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there saying some of these near-death experiences aren't real and, and all this. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know. I mean, it's when you read the story of Lazarus, of course, Lazarus, um, the rich man asked to send his brothers back or send Lazarus back so he could tell, tell his brothers and— Abraham said if they didn't believe the 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 prophets and Moses are not going to believe Lazarus risen from the dead. If you don't tell somebody tell somebody they're sinning and doing wrong and you're letting them go to hell to burn in eternity, I mean, you're not being their friend. Um one thing we don't need to do is judge somebody's heart. You know, if somebody says they love somebody and um they do love them, you know, we can't judge their heart and say they don't love them. They might be confused or whatever, but um, or they believe this or that. We can't judge their heart and say they don't believe this or that. But we know the truth, and we know the truth not from some voice or um, some numb some numbskull say says he's a prophet. Um, says so. We we do we believe it because the Bible tells us so. Simple. Um, we don't need a prophet or, or so called these so called apostles we have these days. Um, which are nothing but, you know, uh, most of them are nothing but con men. I'll just straight out tell you. Um, if you want to hear from God, read the Bible. Genesis, for so, you know, God made the earth, the earth in six days. You know, read the Bible. John three sixteen for God so loved the world. You know, right there, that was God speaking out loud. God speaking through the Bible to me as I read it, you heard it. Um, that's how God speaks to us. And that's when I say I... The Holy Spirit leads me, moves me, talks to me. He talks to me through the Bible and reading reading scriptures. And he also talks to me through other people that study the scripture and then are a lot more um, mature than me. Um, they give me some good advice. You know, um, I ended up getting um, having a disagreement with somebody um, at church over a certain issue. And the issue was stupid. I mean, it was, it was stupid. Um, this person, you know, 
actually tried to convince me of something. He's, they, they skipped over scriptures. Uh, they cherry-picked the Bible. Uh, people do that when they want to build a case, but they won't read the other nine, nine things that, they could, that would line it all out. Um, and that's the way people are. Um, but we should never do that. Um, and he told me, I said, well, you know, I, I got a, you know, I'm having issues with so-and-so over, over a certain issue. And he said, don't argue with him. He said, that's what the devil wants. And, you know, of course, you know, I didn't listen to him. <laughs> so, um, you know, I feel bad about that in a way. Um, you know, we seem to, as Christian brothers, we seem to, we seem to um, have our differences. And like I was telling you last week, you know, try to get along. As Paul said, to get along with your brothers as so much as possible or get along with anybody so much as possible. Um, that's the way I look at it, you know, try to get along with people in so much as possible that you can. But, you know, they start when people start crossing a certain point, you have to take a stand, um, you, you know, and you have to say, you know, enough's enough. And um, because you can't support it anymore. Um, There's some, you know, some issues, you know, you can't be part of a system that's um, ungodly. Um, it takes advantage of people, um, you know. I believe in what Jesus said. He goes to prepare a place for us, and, and that's sufficient for me. I, I don't need to be promised wealth on this earth or, or, or new cars or boats or, or health, for that matter. Um, you know, that's not what it's all about for me. It's the Lord's grace. Um, you know, most of the disciples, like I said, they they didn't live their best life now. We're going to live our best life after we're gone Um being a Christian ain't all about just being happy. It's about being a soldier every day. You putting on that, you putting on that armor, that helmet, that that breast pad of, of the Lord, and, and going out there and making a difference. It's the little things we do. Um, so, um, you know, one story I was watching. Um, one one movie I like is that Foreman movie with George Foreman. He um he um George Foreman's just a good guy. He's got a big heart and uh. So anyways, he, he comes up poor, and his mama's a Christian. I mean, she's Bible-believing and bow your head, and if you don't, I'll take your hat off. I'll smack it off. So, um, and she's just a little old lady. She's real small. George, big, big old boy. Well, he goes through all kinds of stuff, and he gets put in jail, and um, he gets put in some training corps back in the 60s where he's got to do manual labor and minimum wage, and they make him wear a uniform, kind of like the Army almost. And he starts boxing there. and um, So anyways, he wins the... He's good. I mean, the Lord blessed him, you know, with a lot of a lot of skill and talent. And George is just mean, though. He's um, he's a puppy. Yeah. Anyways, so um, George is just like a really nice guy, but he tries to act mean. You know, you ever seen them people that are really nice inside, but they're just really like they try to act mean and tough, and they're really not. They're just big teddy bears, you know. Anyways, um, he wins a national. He he wins the um the boxing championship, you know. And he's buying all these cars and all these houses, and he started. And his poor wife, she's a Christian lady, and she just, and he starts to have affairs on him and cheat on her. And of course, George's mom don't like this, you know, and she don't like him. Got he's got six different Cadillacs and um, everything like that. And so one 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 the scene in the movie, they're at the table, and Big George, he's got his big bling bling on, and they're all sitting there. And his mom said, "Stop! We need to thank God for this meal." And George said, you need to thank, and George kind of scoffs, and he said, you need to thank George, me, for this meal. And, uh, boy, she about knocked his head off, man. She was pretty upset. So um, <laughs> the Christmas chimes are going off in the background, but that is pretty cool. Um, it's a um, for heaven and earth shall rejoice.
Father, heaven and earth shall rejoice. Um, heaven and earth shall rejoice. That's sweet. For a king is born. I love it. I love it. I love it. Of course, my dog's in the background making noise. It's like this is like really this podcast is turning into a super mess, y'all. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> and I guess it's something that makes my podcast unique. Um, but anyway, so so George, he just he anyways he gets. He gets he, he fights Muhammad Ali in the in the thriller in Manila or whatever. No, I ain't thriller in Manila. It's the rope of dope there. And um, of course, Muhammad Ali just gets into his head. And you know, Muhammad Ali, man, he I don't know. You know, uh, people think he's the greatest and all this, and I don't know. I think he was a mouthy and he was cocky and he was cruel. You know, he made fun of people and he taunted them, um, kind of like you know I acted back when I was on dope. Um, not very nice, so I guess I can't talk bad about Muhammad Ali. But anyways, um, George really hated Muhammad Ali, and, and he lost to him. Um, but of course, Muhammad Ali, man, he laid on the ropes, and he just really got George flustered, got in his head. So after, you know, he lost the fight, he just, like, he got really evil acting and mean. He fought, like, six bums in a row, six, like, old retired boxers in a row and beat him up. And, and um, he's just, like... He's just going from bad to worse. He's starting to do really bad in his fights. You know, he lost the world championship to Ali. And um, he said after one fight, he goes in the locker room, and I don't know, something happened. He was hit wrong or something. His heart stopped or something. And he said he he died, and he he went to hell. He went somewhere. I don't know if the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit gave him a vision of what's about ready to happen to him. And he said he smelled hell. He could taste it. He could feel it. He said he, 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 he the smell, uh, something. And everybody says, oh, bull, that ain't true. But I'm telling you what, when that man woke up, he and everybody in there said that all he said was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he kept saying, he kept saying it, okay? And what he did afterwards proves that something happened in his life. Some kind of Damascus Road moment happened to him because he took everything he had and he sold it. He started preaching the Word of God. He actually bought a... He bought a gym for the kids with his money, and um, he thought he had enough money at the time to get by, but he wasn't counting for inflation. And back then, they um, they didn't make near what they do now for fights, you know. Um, nowhere near, near what they make. Um, I think Tyson made more in one in fight, one fight than, than he made in his whole career, you know. And, and so he runs out of money. Um, when he's, I think he was 42 or 43, he runs out of money. And so he, he's, he's, He's um he's like, I'm going to start a comeback. Well, he's way overweight now, you know, but he, he's about ready to lose the gym. They shut the lights off. He's about ready. The poor kids don't, you know, the, 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 the kids on the street, the needy kids, that's their place to go. That's their social club, keep them off drugs. Um, You know, you know, George, George gets them lined out for life and tries to, you know, get them, get them going in the right direction for life. And um, so like he's worried and then he's, and he told everybody I'm not fighting again. The Lord, you know, the Lord took that out of my, my, I don't have the meanness in me. Well, I don't think one thing, I think George was always a sheep. He thinks he was a wolf, but he was always a big old teddy bear of a sheep. Um, you know, he, he was a lost sheep. You know, it's kind of like um, this Justin Peters said, you, you've you been marked by God. You know that as a, as, as, as a Christian that all along the Lord was looking for you. You might have been a lost sheep at once out doing meth or heroin or or, or or acting the fool, but then you're like a sheep out there, and you hear the voice of your master, the, the shepherd, and you look around, and then you hear it again. I heard the Holy Spirit. I felt a tug on my heart when I was so wired up on drugs, 
and it got me to rehab. The, I mean, I haven't felt it since, man. And and um, I actually that day, you know, I I quit doing dope um long enough to get my mind straight to get me to rehab. But anyways, um, so like you know, George, he uh he goes back to boxing. Well, everybody, nobody would take him on because he's overweight. He had to lose like sixty pounds. So like George just does it. He loses weight. And, um, and um, he comes back. And nobody thinks he's gonna win the and and the Lord his wife said the Lord told me you're gonna win you're gonna win the um the world heavyweight championship again. Well, everybody laughed and uh, sure enough George he went through it he started fighting started doing good he had a few losses to like Tommy Morrison uh I think Holyfield got him that was only two people that beat him so he eventually he gets a shot at um he gets a shot at um Moore um his name was Moore a really good heavyweight. And uh, he's getting beat, man. Moore's just too quick for him, too young. And it's like it's like 11th or 12th round. And George, I mean, they say when he hits you, it was like getting hit with a um, um, a telephone pole in the face. And like, guess that would hurt pretty bad. And it's like, and it's like uh, George is getting beat, you know. And it's like they're just gonna coast out. Moore's gonna coast out the rest of the fight, win on points, whatever. Because you ain't gonna knock Big George out. He's only, I don't even know if he's been knocked down his whole career. I think maybe once or something. I think he tripped on his shoelaces or something, but Big George just didn't get knocked down, man. And um, so anyways, uh, Moore, he's just kind of dancing around, prancing around, shuffling like Muhammad Ali. And all of a sudden, George just sticks out this big, big hand, and it just catches him. It's like getting like, it looked like a telephone pole hit him in the face is exactly what it looked like. And he just crumples. And everybody's like, well, did this really just happen? So um, George Foreman wins the heavyweight championship again. Um, and of course, he saves his gym. He's got enough money now on that fight. And then he, you know, he started doing the um, George Foreman grill and does advertisements, and everybody just loves Big George now. Um, but he had a rough childhood. I mean, uh, he came from nothing, and uh, the Lord, the Lord blessed him. You know, um, the Lord blessed him, and uh, so he won the national or the the heavyweight championship at. Oh, I don't know. You have to check into it, but he was almost fifty, I guess. He was old, uh, but like me, old, not quite as old as me, but he was he was pushing it. So. Um, you know, God bless George Foreman. He actually did what, um, you know, Jesus, the rich man, came and to Jesus said, what do I do to need to be saved? And he said, well, follow the Ten Commandments. Um, um, you know, love your neighbor, love that God with all thy heart. And he said, I do, did all these things. a young, well, what do I have to do? Because this guy just wouldn't take an answer for an answer. So Jesus said, well, if you want to be perfect, I think he was asking him to be a disciple almost. You want to be perfect, you know, get rid of all you got and come follow me. And you know, we all look at that and we're like, man, I would never do that. You know, nobody does that, gives everything up. And, you know, George did. He gave up boxing. Um, of course, you know, like you said, he didn't have the urge to fight in his heart after finding Jesus. Jesus, you know, makes you kind of peaceful and docile, I guess. That's kind of like my stage in life. But, uh, you know, George gave up everything he owned, put it all toward the kids. He started preaching. So don't say nobody doesn't do that. Um, it's, it's a really good movie. So if you get a chance to watch it, I recommend it. Okay, I'm going to start to wrap up the show. Um, there's a couple little tidbits my wife likes to share. And uh, she wrote down, the more we focus on our personal relationship with Jesus, the more our desire for addiction fades. Um, amen. Um, that's totally true. Jesus takes that addiction away from us. Um, is everything perfect after we become Christians? No. But um, everything gets better. I can promise you that. I've had, you know, I've heard several different testimonies. Like, like mine this time, it took me a little while to kind of 
start getting everything lined up. And sometimes people just overnight, they just, just totally are better. And, and so uh, we're all different. Main thing is we keep on course and um, not one step back. We keep going forward, just straight down the road. Um, sometimes people jump ahead of us a little bit on their spiritual journey. And uh, sometimes we're a little slow catching up, but like I always said, we're we're not um, we're not perfect. Uh, we're Lord's looking for progress, getting better every day. Um, you know, every day we got that thankfulness in our heart that Jesus died on the cross for us and um, forgives of our sins. Um, and, and see, also right here, God forgives us for our sins, and when we repent, we need to remember that our sins grieve Him. Um, that's another thing, y'all out there. Um, just because we've been born again and saved, it doesn't give us a free pass to, to sin. <clears throat> and I think as a Christian, as a real Christian, when you sin, it should grieve your heart. And not grieve you in a manner like um, a lot of times when we're sorry, we're sorry we got caught, especially in drug addiction. Um, you know, we get pulled over and we got dope on us or or your wife finds a bunch in the sock drawer and we're sorry, but we're not we're not grieved in our heart. We're sorry because we got caught. And when you become a Christian, just kind of like, um, we'll go a little further with that. Let's say you're having an affair and, and, and you ain't sorry at the time. Nothing's grieving you, you know, but all of a sudden you get caught. And now you're sorry. No, as a Christian, when you do something wrong, it grieves you in your heart. It, it's called a godly sorrow. Um, and it should. And when you're a Christian, sin should bother you. You should stop. And that's why I, that's one reason I don't go around pointing out people's sins. I, I want to point them toward Jesus. And once Jesus gets a hold of you, once you start reading that Bible, um, and you start listening to people and, and listen to good preachers that you know help help grow your relationship with Jesus and um, let the Holy Spirit lead you, you're going to start dropping that sin out of your life. You're gonna you're gonna stop. Um, the reason I stop is because I love Jesus and I, I and it grieves Him when I sin. And when I watch these um, prosperity preachers on TV, it doesn't grieve me as much for the people that are getting robbed out there and took advantage of it grieves me for what they're doing to jesus's name and and how they're shaming it and turning people away from from jesus um that's what grieves me and when i do something and when i do something wrong like the other day i just before i knew it i just like talking you know i talked i said something bad about somebody you know and this person's you know a couple people's looking at me like man this guy's a christian you know and i'm just like man i'm sorry I'm sorry. And it was true what I said, but I, you know what I said? I said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Um, that's no way for a Christian to talk. And it wasn't because it grieved me in my heart, you know, because they knew what I said about this person was true. But at the same time, I shouldn't have did it, you know. Um, so I, I, that's one of my biggest things right now is, is everybody wants to speak in tongues now and all this other stuff. We need to control our tongue first. The book of James is all about controlling our tongues. We shouldn't be worried about moving our tongues any more than what we have to. Um, but I want to get the word of Jesus out there and the word of God out there and and try to help y'all. Um, right now, if anybody's out there and um, and you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, um, just ask him into your life. Um, John three sixteen. You just remember that. Read the first um, Mark. Our Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Read John twice, and and um, then ask the Lord to forgive you. You know, tell him you, tell him you're sorry, repent, change your ways, turn around 180. Any sin in your life, start dropping it off. You know, you're like a dog getting out of the water. You're just shaking that sin off. <clears throat> Are you gonna be dry as soon as you jump out of the pond? 
and that dog starts shaking or you start shaking. No, it's going to take a little while. You're going to have to shake. You're going to have to lay out in the sun. You're going to have to dry off. The wind's going to have to blow that old fur dry. But the Lord's going to get you there. Just hang in there, y'all. Um, You know, say that sinner's prayer. Um, If you want to get with a pastor or somebody that's a Christian and do it, um, that's fine. Or if you just want to do it with yourself, you and Jesus, and, you know, that's all it takes is you two. It's between you and Jesus. Um, then once you do that, you're Jesus's best friend. He becomes he becomes your best friend. Um, I mean, I think he's always been our best friend. It's just that now you know that he that he, that you guys are the best friend, like I do with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, then you start living right, and you're gonna start you know you're gonna start seeing your life change. You're gonna start seeing um, you're gonna start seeing that six pack of beer like you don't want it. You don't want nothing to do with it. You're gonna start you know walking by girls you know with short tight shorts on. You're gonna say. Where you used to sit and stare and slobber, you're going to say, Satan, you know, I'm, I don't want that no more. That ain't me. I want to find me a good wife that believes in Jesus and, and, and is going to be there and read the Bible with me. Um, I ain't worried about no girl because she's good looking or, or got a good body. I'm, I'm worried about a girl that reads the Bible and goes to church with me and believes in Jesus with me. Um, that's my wife. You know, that's why I love her, um, because she does all them things with me. And um, that's what's important. She's my ride or die, man. We stick together. Uh, we've been through a lot, and uh, she's my, she's my, um, she, you know, we, 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 we grow as Christians together, and that's the kind of, all you people out here, you know, you, first of all, get a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus will lead you to that special person. In fact, me and my wife actually got together when we were both saved. I know I backslid, and she did too a little bit, and not like I did, though. And by the time we got together, we were both Christians, and we were both praying that, that God would lead somebody into our life. And lo and behold, man, it was like her dad could set us up. And next thing you know, we're together. And after years of, um, we struggled. We had a good marriage, but we struggled. And um, and if you don't have Jesus in your relationship, you know, it's not going to be joyful and it's not going to be fulfilling. Um, and you got one person going one direction and the other person going the other direction. But we're both going in the right direction now. We're going, we're going with Jesus we, we, we come to that crossroads in our life, and um, we, we, we took a right, went with Jesus. Um, we ain't looked back, and we ain't going to look back. We hold each other responsible. You know, every once in a while, I'll watch, like a, I'll watch some TV, and they'll have a cuss word, and she'll get on me, or I'll, she'll be watching some soap opera, and I'll, I'll get on her. And um, So we keep each other in line, and uh, we'll say a bad word, and we'll say no. So, yeah, that's a good thing about having having somebody there to help you that's my that's my helpmate that's the one that keeps me in line because you know you can get out of line that's another reason it's important to go to church and fellowship with other christians even though they're not perfect you know you're not perfect they're not perfect you just gotta bear with them like they bear with you and love them and that's one thing i always love my christian brothers out there and um and if and you know out there and i, I love you um sometimes we don't agree sometimes we gotta agree to disagree and, and sometimes you know you you go different paths with Christian brothers, kind of like uh, Paul and Peter. They they didn't go around discipleship together, but you know, I think they loved each other and respected each other. They just just couldn't agree on certain things, you know. And um, that's just the way it is in life. And we, like I said, we always love our Christian brothers, um, love our real brothers, um, love our enemies. That's what Jesus said. That's what makes you a Christian. Anybody, Jesus said, anybody can love love uh them to love them or their family but it takes somebody special it takes a christian to love their enemies or love somebody you get into a feud with and that's what makes you a christian y'all so um like i said if you don't know jesus just ask him into your life um, 
say, um, he'll forgive you and your life will change around and it'll get so much better. I, I promise you. I mean, if somebody could bottle it up and sell it to you, um, then you'd buy it. But it's free. Uh, Jesus Jesus paid the price. It wasn't free, I guess. Jesus paid the price, so it definitely wasn't free. But it's free to you. So on that note, God bless y'all. Um, thanks for the prayers from my mom. Um, keep praying for her, and I'll pray for you. If you got any comments, please please put them in the comment notes or any prayer requests. Or if you got a story you want to tell about what Jesus did, I'll read it on the uh, podcast. If you want to send it in, I'll try to. Um, thanks, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Damascus Crossroads Podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us for more episodes. You can also visit our website by clicking the link in the description below. We'd like to thank Andrew Osinga for granting us permission to use his song The One True Thing on our podcast. If you haven't checked out his music, you're missing out on great praise and worship songs with uplifting messages. May God bless your day, your week, and keep you strong in your faith.